What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in with The Extra Point, whether you're watching on YouTube or on our podcast listening. In this video, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going over the definitive final ranking of the 2021 NFL season's quarterbacks. So we're going to start here. Take a look at my rankings that I've got on the sides. You'll see there's one spot reserved at the top best quarterback in the league. Down goes elite quarterbacks franchise quarterbacks, replacement level, the team holds this guy up, or this guy's holding back the team. So to start out with, I'd like to go to Baker Mayfield. Unfortunately for him, I think he is the best quarterback in the holding back the team category. He was genuinely awful this year. And part of that was injury, but also when you have a roster as stacked as Cleveland is, I mean, you've got Kareem Hunt, who's a pro bowler. You've got Nick Chubb, who's a pro bowler. You had Jarvis Landry, who's a pro bowler. You couldn't make it work with Odell. You've got multiple pro bowlers on the offensive line. You've got multiple pro bowlers on the defense. You've got a great young head coach in Kevin Stefanski, and somehow you missed the playoffs. And I think you came in last in your division. Not acceptable. <clears throat> Somewhat controversial here, but we're going to go to Samuel Darnold. He is going to end up getting put in the replacement level category. Now, I have him significantly higher than Baker Mayfield for the simple fact that he's never had a good team around him. If you compared Carolina to Cleveland, Cleveland has a better offensive line better collection of weapons, unless Christian McCaffrey is always healthy, better group of running backs, unless Christian McCaffrey is always healthy, uh, better offensive scheme, better coach, things like that. And because of that, I think it's unfair to still judge Darnold. I know he's been in the league for four years. He's been in New York and he's been in Carolina. It's really not fair. Now we're going to go to Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson is going to be a guy in his entire career who ends up having to have the team hold him up. See, the thing with Zach Wilson is he has the Brett Favre. He has the the gunslinger mentality that John Elway in him, but he's not built like those guys. He's a little smaller. He takes the shots, but he doesn't always have the payoff. He throw, He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. And I know rookies throw a lot of interceptions, but that really doesn't happen in today's game. I mean, he inherited better team, a better team than Sam Darnold ever got because they went into the draft. They drafted Corey Davis, who was my favorite receiver, or they, they signed Corey Davis uh, coming out of Western Michigan to the Tennessee Titans. And then they drafted uh, the kid out of Ole Miss. I can't think of his name. He's a, he's a great route runner. Uh, Elijah Moore, elite route runner. Um, they, you know, they signed more guys on the offensive line. They, they drafted another offensive guard, really good total team structure. Just not a lot of stars. Uh, they have Michael Carter in the backfield and yet he still ended up having a really poor rookie season. Next, we're going to go to another somewhat controversial quarterback, Kirk Cousins, who on any given Sunday could end up being the best quarterback in the league or needing his team to hold him up. 
I think he's better than most people give him credit for. And I'm going to put him in the franchise quarterback tier. And the reason behind this is that Kirk Cousins, especially if we take a look at 2015, 16, 17, and 18 all in Washington, the dude was a monster. He was averaging like 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions, like 4,200 yards on a really good completion percentage. And there was nobody on those Washington teams. Absolutely nobody. He comes here to Minnesota and all he, all he does is put up points. This Minnesota offense, whether you've got Stefan Diggs or Justin Jefferson in there, Adam Thielen's on the other side, Dalvin Cook is in and out of the backfield. You got Alexander Madison. The offensive line is pretty suspect and the defense has been really weak in the last few years. But the only, the only game that I can think of that they lost because of the offense was the Cleveland game this year where they ended up losing, I think it was 13 to seven. That's why I have him in the franchise quarterback list, because no matter what you say about him, he's, he's just consistently and constantly produced. All right. Now I'm going to take another guy who has bounced around the league a little bit more than Kirk Cousins has. And I'm going to put him in the replacement level. The reasoning behind this is Teddy Bridgewater has bounced from place to place to place. And he seems to be the guy that he's just there. If you have a good roster and you want to try to see if you can't accidentally get a few wins, he's never going to get back to that Minnesota phase where a team wholeheartedly believes in him, but he is a, he's a very good average quarterback in the league. As far as average, all the, you know, maybe 37 or eight quarterbacks that get genuine starting time in an NFL season. I think he's somewhere in the middle of that. Let's go ahead and take Carson Wentz. Another guy that a lot of people aren't very high on. I personally am. I consider him a franchise quarterback. Carson Wentz is a guy who got beat up tremendously in Philadelphia. There's complete chaos in the organization. The fact that they won a Super Bowl is, is a miracle in and of itself because there was no stability in that organization before or after uh, that Super Bowl season. Carson Wentz is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I mean, as long as he's healthy, he's going to play. And a lot of people like to get on him for, oh, you know, you don't want to let Carson Wentz throw. He's got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, well, nobody was talking about whoever Michael Pittman was before Jonathan Taylor came or before Carson Wentz came into town kind of an overrated receiver. There's not really a great receiving core in here. Obviously you've got Jonathan Taylor who had the best running back season since Christian McCaffrey in 2019, as far as scoring and yardage. But honestly, I, I expect if Chris Ballard is allowed to keep him on the team, because it kind of seems like Jim Ursay is the one that you've heard the rumors might want Carson Wentz out. If Chris Ballard is allowed to keep him, in Indianapolis, I think next year is going to be an explosion year. Grab a guy to attack a Vialoa. He's somebody who I don't quite think is a franchise quarterback, but I think he could end up being one of the better replacement level quarterbacks. I don't know if he's better than Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold has a higher upside, but I think Tua has a significantly higher floor. See, Tua is significantly less athletic. He's he's less mobile. He's smaller. He's not as strong as Sam Darnold is, but because of that, he understands where his limitations are. I think as far as viewing the football field, he's a little bit smarter than we all give him credit for. 
and he makes good decisions. He's got about a 68% completion percentage, a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. The yardage is low, but Miami doesn't have a great offensive grouping around them. And a lot of that has to do with Brian Flores kind of coaching up teams, uh, coaching up those Miami teams, maybe better than they should have been. Honestly, I don't think, I don't think Brian Flores should have gotten fired this off season. I think it should have been the general manager, but it's too late for that. Now we're going to have to go to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a guy who, when he came into this, this season, we were talking about him. Like, is he going to be John Elway? Is he going to be Peyton Manning? Is this, is this Andrew Luck? How good can this guy be? And I, I was saying, wait a minute here. You take a look at his skill set. Take a look at what he's accomplished, all right? Now, I would argue that he's the second most talented quarterback to come out of Clemson in the last five years. Now, we all know what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now because of his incomplete status this season. I'm not going to give him a grade, but that's neither here nor there. I think Trevor Lawrence can be a franchise quarterback. My comp for him coming out of college was Carson Wentz because he's tall, he's long, he's mobile, he's got a strong arm, a little bit unrefined of a game. He'll throw some interceptions. And I think that's kind of what you get with Carson Wentz. It's just how good of a team can you put around him? I think he's an above average quarterback who's going to need a lot more help than people initially thought. Speaking of rookies this year, let's take a guy who somehow made the Pro Bowl, Mac Jones. So I don't know for one reason or another, as an alternate, instead of Josh Allen, they decided to send Mac Jones there. I think Mac Jones is a franchise quarterback. In fact, I think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. And the reasoning behind that is I think Mac Jones understands who he is. Mac Jones, as of this last year, he had a better completion percentage, better touchdown interception ratio, more yards, more, more touchdowns, uh, really, I mean, more wins. Obviously, he was on a slightly better team, but this New England team was a group that we were talking about. Should Bill Belichick just retire? Like, is it too late for him? I think that was absolutely ridiculous. And we've seen the fruits of his labor. He ended up making the playoffs, and although they got the doors blown off of that team by the Buffalo bills. They still made it. And that's saying a lot considering they were pretty much a dumpster fire a year ago. Quarterback who is going through a little bit of a team controversy right now, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a guy who has a super, super high upside. If he can stay healthy. See, now, the last couple years that he's been in the NFL, you could say weeks, you know, one through seven, one through eight, Kyler Murray's elite. Kyler Murray's on this border between elite and best quarterback in the league. But as the season wears on, the more hits that he takes, the more banged up that he gets, he slowly starts dropping down until the point where he's not even a good quarterback anymore. So for that reason... I have to put him somewhere in this middle level. He's got such a high upside, and I think that's very important in the NFL. Now, he does have the height concern where if his athleticism 
ever starts to drip, like take, take any sort of step back, his height is going to be a real problem because he's not going to be able to see over the offensive lineman every single snap that he needs to if he's just dropping back to pass. I'm going to put him one spot above Mac Jones for now. Not sure how I feel about that because if I were an NFL team moving forward, if I was confident in my abilities to draft offensive linemen, I'd rather have Mac Jones, but because of the, the unknown of, you know, the NFL and players getting hurt, you don't know what you're going to have around your quarterback. I think Kyler Murray gives you a better chance on his best day to win a Super Bowl. Speaking of guys with high floors and low ceilings, let's talk about Drew Locke. Drew Locke is somebody who I'm a relatively strong fan of the Denver Broncos, not like a super fan, um, but I, I like their organization. I like what they did for Peyton Manning in reinvigorating his uh, career, pretty much locking him in as a top three quarterback of all time. I, I don't know if he'd be viewed as that. If he hadn't had that stint in Denver, I don't know if he'd be viewed as top five. However, Drew Locke is a guy with a strong arm, a swaggy personality. He's basically Joe Burrow, except he just hasn't been able to put it all together. His completion percentage is a little too low, and they've got good weapons on Denver. I just think they need a real offensive coordinator to put things together. But because of that, I'm going to put him in the replacement level group just above Tua and below Sam Darnold. I, I tend to value high, high ceiling and low floor more than high floor and low ceiling, just because I think when, when you have a confident general manager who believes in their abilities to put a team around you, then you can have that, you know, that low ceiling, high floor guy. However, with the NFL, with all the injuries and those things that I discussed, it's really hard to confidently say that you're always going to have that. And so that's why, you know, that's why those, those make it happen kind of guys like Drew Locke, he reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. People, people might get upset saying that, but Drew Locke, Drew Locke and Brett Favre had a lot of, have a lot of similarities about them. And that's why I put him just a step above those two game manager, quote unquote, quarterbacks to attack of and Teddy Bridgewater. He's a quarterback who didn't have a great season, but somehow ended up making a Pro Bowl like he always does. Russell Wilson, he's a guy who I think is criminally overrated. And I say that because he lucked into one Super Bowl where in his second or third year, I believe he was drafted in 2012 and he won it after the 2013 season. So in his second year in the NFL, he was gifted what many people believe to be the greatest team of all time. Some of that has to do with him, but it also has to do with Cliff Averill and Bobby Wagner and Michael, Michael Bennett and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and Marshawn Lynch. And I don't remember all of the weapons that they had at the time, but I believe they, they had Doug Baldwin at the time. who's a very good receiver, just a completely stacked squad. And so I believe that Russell Wilson is a franchise quarterback, but I don't think he's an elite quarterback. Now he's not all the way at the end, the bottom of this list. I'm going to put him above Trevor. I'm going to put him above Mac. I'm going to put him above Kyler. I'm going to put him above Carson Wentz. And that's where he's going to stay. If you ask me this year, 
right? I can get a quarterback. Do I get, do I take Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson? I'm going to take Kirk Cousins because I believe in his ability as a leader just as much as I believe in Russell Wilson's ability as a leader. But I think that there's an element to Russell Wilson where he needs, he needs to have just a little bit too much around him to put points on the board. Let's grab, uh-oh. Let's grab a guy who didn't have the best ending to his season, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is somebody who in his first couple years in Tennessee was putting up, was putting up amazing numbers. But after Derrick Henry went down, we all kind of saw that chink in the armor and we started to see some things kind of, you know, show their hand with Ryan Tannehill. He's got a high upside if things are great around him. He's got an incredibly high upside if he's got a good team around him. Not everybody is like that. But he also has an incredibly low floor if everything isn't perfect. For that reason, he's going to be in the replacement level quarterback because if I'm the Tennessee Titans, I'm looking to upgrade this year. I'm not trying to rebuild at the quarterback position. I'm not going to draft a kid out of, out of college unless I know definitively he's better than Ryan Tannehill. But I'm going to do everything that I can to move the contract, bring in a guy like a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, because I know that those guys can get it done with this roster. I think he's better than Teddy Bridgewater, but not quite as good as Tua Tagovailoa. So he goes in the replacement level quarterbacks between Tua and Teddy. Another guy who I think needs a lot of help around him at this point in his career. And this one is going to be something that you all are going to be incredibly angry at me for saying. Tom Brady needs everything to be perfect around him. He needs a good defense. First of all, he needs good coaching. He needs more than anything, maybe the offensive line. But then beyond that, we saw what New England looked like in 2019. They had, they had the best defense in the league. They had a good offensive line. They had elite coaching, and they had a pretty strong running game. Tom Brady looked terrible. So at this point in his career, I'm going to say he's a franchise quarterback. I'll put him above Trevor because I think that Tom Brady knows more about the game of football than Trevor Lawrence and anybody on the Jaguars roster combined knows at this point, but he's physically limited in his ability to make plays happen unless guys are open and he has time to make the throws. The reason I put Mac Jones above him, this is where Brady's staying for me. The reason I put Mac Jones and all these guys above him is because there's either the equal ability to read the defenses with guys like Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones, or there's some sort of level of athleticism that allows them to make up the difference. I don't think Tom Brady is a top five, even top 10 quarterback when all is said and done this year in the NFL. Let's grab Dakota Prescott. Dak Prescott's an interesting one because a lot of people uh, had him as an MVP candidate going into the season. I don't think he's anywhere near that. And I don't think he ever will be or ever was. I think he's kind of a guy that looks a lot like a Kirk Cousins who, you know, you want a really good team around him and you believe you can win a Super Bowl with him. But he, you know, I mean, he's a he's a good leader. He's got the good intangibles. But there is something to be said about having the tangibles, having an accurate arm, having a strong arm, having that that clutch factor late in games. We all saw what happened 
uh, at the end of that game against the San Francisco 49ers, say what you will about the coaching decision, but Kellen Moore is a future, future head coach in the league. Dan Quinn is a Super Bowl reaching head coach, and he's going to get another head coaching job. Mike McCarthy ha- has a Super Bowl ring as a head coach. There's a ton of experience and a ton of credibility on that coaching staff. Their roster is stacked, and the fact that they couldn't get it done almost simply because they didn't have a good good enough running game for Dak says volumes about who he is. And so for that reason, I'm going to put him in the franchise quarterback level just above Trevor Lawrence and behind Tom Brady. Somebody who plays football very near to my home, Jared Goff. Jared Goff, you know, former number one overall pick out of Cal 2016. He is a guy who won uh, won an NFC championship game under, you know, slightly, I don't know what you'd say, uh, controversial circumstances. He made it to a Super Bowl with a pretty stacked Rams team, but then he got traded for Matthew Stafford, who uh, in and of himself, you know, first overall pick, comeback player of the year. He's got a lot going on for him. Jared Goff, I think, is somebody that you're always going to be wanting to upgrade for or from rather, if you're a contending organization, but he's an excellent stopgap, kind of like the way we talked about Teddy Bridgewater, but he is much better of a player than Teddy Bridgewater is. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a replacement level quarterback, but out of all these players, I think he might be the best one. I'm going to put him above Sam Darnold and then Drew Locke and Tua and all those guys. Let's come down to the two-time MVP, or at least the two-time reigning MVP back-to-back, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is better than a replacement-level quarterback. Obviously, he is at least a franchise quarterback. But if I put him in the same category right next to Kirk Cousins, I think you'd have my head. A lot of people think Kirk Cut or a lot of people think Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, is the best quarterback in the league. And if you have asked me in the preseason, who's the best quarterback in the league, I would have said it's Aaron Rodgers, no question. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I defended him in his loss to the San Francisco 49ers because, real quick synopsis of the game, Packers had 12 offensive possessions. One of them ended in a touchdown. One of them ended in a field goal. One of them ended in a missed field goal, right? So that's three. Seven of them ended in either a third down sack or a third down offensive penalty that drove the team way back and completely changed the game. A penalty not, not committed by Aaron Rodgers, like a false start. um, Or I think it was a lot of, I think it was like three false starts and five sacks, if I'm not mistaken, or two false starts and five sacks. It was was just ridiculous. And the other two were three and outs. So if you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers is only allowed to, or not three and outs necessarily, but there was only, Oh, and a blocked punt. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, really, I don't know what you want from the guy if he's getting sacked every every possession on third down. I'm putting him in the elite quarterback status. I think he's one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, no question. But there's just something to be said about a guy who can empty the clip when your team needs you the most. And it kind of seems like Aaron Rodgers hasn't had the mentality to be doing that. Uh, these last, you know, last couple of years of the playoffs. 
grab a guy, big Ben Roethlisberger, who to me is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, top 20 all-time quarterback. He's nowhere near that right now as far as, you know, his skill level. I don't think he's a replacement level quarterback. And I, I, I want to say his team was holding him up this year, but I, I kind of think he held his team back and he was the worst quarterback in his division, which is why I have to put him behind Baker Mayfield on the holding his team back at the very bottom of this uh, NFL quarterback tiers. I honestly think that Ben Roethlisberger might have been the worst quarterback in the league this year. He had some great fourth quarters, but his first three quarters of most games were so bad that it, it really offsets it. And as much as Ben Roethlisberger, who's, I mean, at this point in his career, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's a devout Christian. He's very uh, vocal about his faith and things like that. I think it was good to see him retire, especially uh, his last game in Heinz field being a win against a division rival. Danny Dimes is another guy who I think he's holding his team back. He's somebody that I could probably confidently put behind Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe the only quarterback left on this list. If I'm looking really quickly, that's probably going to go behind big Ben who, cause I mean, Daniel Jones, he had Kenny Galladay. He had Kadarius, Tony, he had Sterling Shepard. He had uh, Saquon Barkley for at least half the season. And he, he did nothing. That The team was terrible. Most, most analysts had the New York Giants as a bottom three team in the power rankings all season. And for, for a good reason. I mean, they're, I'm not going to say their roster stacked, but they had a good enough roster not to be terrible. But they ended up being terrible. And a lot of that has to do with Daniel Jones. I'm shocked. And if I were a Giants fan, I'd be appalled hearing the news that they're planning on bringing him back for one more season. Alex Smith and Cam Newton, uh, neither of them played this season. Well, Cam Newton played, but he's he doesn't count. He's not there. Derek Carr is a guy who he had a really incredible season amidst a lot of um, controversy and drama and just complete disarray in the franchise. I think he's better than a replacement level quarterback. He's somewhere on this franchise quarterback level where exactly he is. It's kind of malleable. You know, you could put him above Kirk Cousins, but I also think that you could put him right behind Tom Brady, and I don't think either one would be too ridiculous. This is where I'm going to put him, right above Dak Prescott, but right below Tom Brady. I think that that he has the ability to, to put his team on his back and, you know, throw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. But I also think that there's this factor of, you know, you can be great in the fourth quarter, but if you're just average in the first three quarters of a football game, then you don't want to be put in the position of having to be great in the fourth quarters every single week. And although, you know, other than Matthew Stafford, he has just as good of an argument as any at being, you know, the, the most clutch fourth quarter, fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's good enough for the first three quarters uh, to make that to make that claim. So he goes behind Brady, but just ahead of Dak Prescott on the franchise quarterback tier. 
We're going to grab Jalen Hurts, who had a really interesting season this year. Jalen was running all over the place. He was scoring touchdowns. Unbelievable. If I'm not mistaken, he was the number one fantasy quarterback this year in the NFL, which, you know, doesn't necessarily mean everything. It means something. It means you got on the field and you produced. I'm not going to say that he's anywhere near being the best quarterback in the league. I mean, obviously his passing needs to develop, but I think that he can be a replacement level quarterback on some of his worst days. And I think that he can be, you know, a lower end franchise quarterback on some of his best days. Now, due to his limitation, he was a four or five year starter uh, in college at Alabama and Oklahoma. And when guys start four or five years in the NCAA, I get really nervous about them because I, I, I think by the time we see them as a rookie, we know what their peak is. They rarely develop from there. Uh, quarterbacks do. So I'm going to put him as a replacement level quarterback. Probably the best one that I have right here now, just above Jared Goff and then Sam Darnold, and one step below Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to grab Patty Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who, from the moment that we first saw him start in the NFL, uh, his first starting season at least, people were saying, oh, this is the best thrower of the football we've ever seen. This is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And I, I had one simple contention to that. And that was that Alex Smith, a guy who his entire career was seen as a game manager, was an MVP candidate for much of the season the year before Patrick Mahomes started. And a lot of that has to do with Travis Kelsey being there and Tyreek Hill being there. And I think they had... Um, what was his name? I don't think they had Sammy Watkins at the time. Maybe they did, um, but they had Kareem Hunt on that team. And now they've got Clyde edwards helaire and they've got a good offensive line and the best offensive minded coach in the NFL. And because of that, combined with the struggles that Patrick Mahomes has had, I can in good conscience say he's the best quarterback in the league. I don't even think he's second or third. If I'm being completely honest, I think he's an elite quarterback who on his best days, if everything is going right around him, is absolutely the best quarterback in the game, but he also needs that crutch around him. He needs more than anything, his receivers to be open. He doesn't need the offensive line protection to be as perfect as older guys like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, like a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, but he needs his receivers to be open. You rarely, rarely see Patrick Mahomes make a great play where he threads a needle to a tightly contested receiver. It just, it just rarely happens. And because of that, I put him in my elite quarterbacks category with potentially few quarterbacks coming up above him. Speaking of quarterbacks that are going to go above him, Josh Allen. He's absolutely, at this point in his career, a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen has a stronger arm. He's more athletic. He's tougher. He did just as much, if not more, with what I would argue significantly less I mean, I, I don't think Stephon Diggs is a great receiver. I think he's maybe maybe the ninth or tenth best receiver in the league. I think he's significantly overrated. Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox provide excellent depth uh, for how many of those very good players that they have, but they have no running game. Their offensive line is okay. And although they had the number one defense this year, there was no moment in – 
in that in that Chiefs game where you thought, oh, you know, this is the number one defense. They can make a play. So I, th- I think, yes, uh, I think the Bills beat up on a lot of bad teams this year. And Josh Allen definitely progressed as the year came along. Uh, but at this point, I don't think he's quite as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields, I think, is our last rookie quarterback on this list. He's somebody who I was pretty high on coming out of college. Justin Fields went to possibly the worst situation that any quarterback could ask to be in. He went to a bottom five offensive line. I could argue that the Bears have the worst offensive line in football. Uh, He went to a team that had no real weapons. Allen Robinson was there, but, I mean, he missed some games, and he also hasn't really – been Allen Robinson in a couple years. There's no real running game to speak of. The coaching situation there has always been a mess. But I don't think his team needs to hold him up. I think that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback, the likes of which, you know, we may not really understand how good he is. I think right now, today, if everything is being equal, I think he's somewhere around this level between Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz on the franchise quarterback level. I'm going to put him behind Carson Wentz and just above Kyler Murray. A lot of people are going to say that's crazy, but I mean, hear me out. He's bigger. He's faster in a straight line. He's not as agile as Kyler, but he's significantly stronger. And I think that, you know, he has, Literally everything on that Chicago Bears team, especially surrounding the offense, is worse than their counterpart on the Cardinals. Uh, So, of course, he had a bad season. Anybody, any rookie specifically is going to have a bad season under those circumstances. Justin Herbert, a guy who the local team Detroit Lions had the opportunity to draft, but decided, no, they wanted a, a cornerback out of. Ohio State, Jeffrey Okuda, who most of you have probably never heard of. Uh, Justin Herbert's unbelievable. He's got a good team around him. He's got a good, uh, he's got a a pretty good offensive line, pretty good receiving group, pretty good running back, and a pretty good head coach. I don't think anything he has is quite great around him, but it's all very good. And he showed out. He had some very good games. I think all things being equal, I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Because if you told me that you could put Justin Herbert on that Kansas City Chiefs team and Patrick Mahomes on that Chargers team, the Chargers absolutely feel like they lose that deal. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs get better because they get a more polished quarterback who can stand back in the pocket and deliver absolute dimes. He doesn't need to roll out. He doesn't need to you know, run around and make plays, make space. He's not going to get sacked and fumble the football away as often. And for that reason, I think he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Now, the margin between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is so thin that I think it's not fair to put him over Patrick Mahomes without putting him over Josh Allen. And that's where I'm going to put him. Justin Herbert, not quite as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he's better than Josh Allen and he's better than Patrick Mahomes on the elite quarterbacks tier. Jameis Winston, the last uh, guy on this list who is going to end up being somewhere lower in the middle, him and Matt Ryan, obviously, uh, they're not as good. I think that Jameis Winston needs his team to hold him up 
but I, I don't think I could significantly and confidently say that he's all the way down here. What I might do is put Jameis Winston in the replacement level quarterback tier. I'll put him above Ryan Tannehill. I'll put him above Tua. And in fact, I'll put him above Drew Locke. And what that's going to do is that's going to drop Teddy Bridgewater down to the team has to hold him up level. Cause I think, I think that's fair for Jameis Winston, who you can have him, you can get rid of him. We didn't see enough of him this year. He was a game manager while he played this year. And I really hope that he finds himself a good situation in which he can show out and actually be that number one overall pick that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thought they were getting way back in 2015. But for right now, he's a replacement level quarterback. Matt Ryan, let's go for the next guy who's somewhere in the mid-range. I've got him as a franchise quarterback, but at this point in his career, I've got him on the low end because he kind of does the same thing every year. He hasn't really done anything new as far as, I mean, he's he's thrown for 4,000 plus yards in eight, eight or nine straight years. He, you know, he always throws for 25 plus touchdowns and his teams are always losing games. I think that a lot of his stats have to do with the fact that they're always behind. He doesn't have a lot of game winning drives. They're not, he's not seen as an incredibly clutch quarterback, like a guy like Derek Carr is. So I have to put him below Derek Carr. I'm going to put him behind Dak Prescott. In fact, just above Trevor Lawrence for right now, obviously Trevor has a, has a brighter future than Matt Ryan does. But at this point, Matt Ryan is outside the top 15 uh, in quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody who I absolutely think is a franchise quarterback. I think right now, today, he's better than Mac Jones. Not quite as good as Kyler Murray. That's where he is. And what that's going to do is too many quarterbacks in the franchise quarterback level. Trevor Lawrence drops down to the best replacement level quarterback. And a lot of you guys are going to think that sounds disrespectful. Uh, Ryan Tannehill moves down to the team, has to hold him up to here. All right. So, I mean, you know, it's getting fleshed all out here. But the reason that I've got Jimmy Garoppolo and the franchise quarterback here is because it's simple. He is, I believe, the fourth highest. He has the fourth highest winning percentage of any quarterback in NFL history that's played more than three games. And the guys on that list are Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan has a losing record as a head coach. And Jimmy Garoppolo has the fourth highest winning percentage of all time. That shows you how bad that team has been when Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play. Now, I think that there are guys that are significantly more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo and could be better on that San Francisco team. But there's just something weird about whenever he doesn't play, his teams can't win. I'm going to grab Lamar Jackson. So we've got Nick Foles. He gets an incomplete. Mitchell Trubisky, incomplete. Deshaun Watson, unfortunately, he gets an incomplete. He didn't play this year for various reasons. So we've got three guys left, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Matthew Stafford. And we still have that one more coveted spot, best quarterback in the league. For Lamar Jackson, I'm going to grab him, and he's going to come up to the elite quarterback level. Me personally, I'm putting him above Justin Herbert, and it's a simple reason why. He has the highest winning percentage of all time for a starting quarterback. This year, 
the Baltimore Ravens were the number one seed in the AFC, despite losing all of their running backs, all of their defensive backs, having a terrible offensive line, having a bum receiver group, the only good player on the team other than Lamar Jackson is the tight end Mark Andrews and the kicker Justin Tucker. Yet somehow he had them in such great winning, uh, winning percentage this year that they were leading the AFC. And what do they do when he goes down for six weeks? They lose six straight games. It was pathetic. This Ravens franchise is failing Lamar Jackson from an organizational perspective, not quite the way that the Colts failed Andrew Luck, as in he got injured, but they're failing Lamar Jackson, as in they're wasting the, the prime athleticism of a guy who we've never seen anything like him before. He's both a better runner and a better passer than Michael Vick. And so because of what he has to deal with and because of what he's produced and because of how he's winning games, I put him just behind Aaron Rodgers and just above Justin Herbert on the elite level quarterback list. And there's two guys left, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. Coincidentally, two guys that played in the Super Bowl a couple days ago. Now, one of these guys is going to be the best quarterback in the league, and one of these guys is going to find themselves in the elite quarterback category. I'm going to grab Joe Burrow first. Let me explain, and then I'll place him. Joe Burrow is a number one overall pick. The fastest number one overall pick to make a Super Bowl his second year. If he would have won the Super Bowl this year, he would have been one of the three or four fastest quarterbacks in, in terms of games started to win a Super Bowl, along with uh, guys like Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, Kurt Warner, who basically in their second year just got there and won it, or in their first year won it. Joe Burrow had an amazing season, leading the league in completion percentage, being very high in yards per attempt. He's somebody who went to bat for Jamar Chase, who, you know, elite receiver now we see. But there was a point in the season where, you know, we were saying that, oh, you know, uh, Mac Jones might win rookie of the year. That would have been a travesty if, if Joe Burrow had gone to bat for this guy. I want Jamar Chase. And he doesn't even end up being the best rookie, best offensive rookie this year. But he did. Because Joe Burrow knew that no matter how many offensive linemen are available and how many wide receivers are available, there's only one Jamar Chase ever. I believe Jamar Chase is better than Justin Jefferson, and I think Joe Burrow knew that too. Joe Burrow had an incredible season, 4,500-plus yards, 37 or 8 touchdowns. He had 14 interceptions and one of the most improbable Super Bowl runs of all time. A bad offensive line around him, mind you. Now, he has great weapons, a ter just terrible offensive line. He got sacked nine times against Tennessee and won the game. He got sacked two times against the Las Vegas Raiders and won the game. He got sacked once against the Kansas City Chiefs, the explosive Kansas City Chiefs, and won that game. It was large in part to their defense but he did score more points than Patrick Mahomes. Then he went to the Super Bowl and brought them within three points 
of the Los Angeles Rams while getting sacked seven times in the process. Joe Burrow, a fantastic quarterback with an incredibly bright future. I've got in the elite quarterback status just behind Justin Herbert, which leaves Matt Stafford to me, in my eyes, as the best quarterback in the league. And let me tell you why. For years, I've seen Matt Stafford play. I've gone to a Lions game every single year since 2016, except for this year. I went to a Rams game. I went to go see the Rams play the Green Bay Packers, which if you're a Matt Stafford supporter, Matt Stafford backer, wasn't his best day. But what we've always known about Matt Stafford is that as long as you have him on the field, you're going to have a chance to win for one simple reason, and that is that if you've got Matt Stafford, there's always time left on the clock. We saw what Patrick Mahomes did with 13 seconds left. That's Matthew Stafford type, right? Matthew Stafford had just a few seconds left, 30 seconds left at the end of the Tampa Bay game. He gets sacked on the first play of the game, but he just dusted himself off, got back up, threw two bombs to Cooper Cup, one where Cooper Cup shook his defender and went to the sideline, and the other where Cooper beat his man, and Stafford dropped a dime in his hands at the 10-yard line. Stafford is the first quarterback in NFL history to lead three consecutive game-winning drives in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to throw three touchdowns and not win Super Bowl MVP. He, I believe, has the third or fourth most consecutive starts in the history of the National Football League behind guys like Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, and Brett Favre. Matthew Stafford, somebody who got called Stat Padford for all the useless stats he put up. He was called Matthew Glassford for you know, the injuries that he had early in his career. But he shrugged all of that off at every opportunity he could. He's a fantastic guy, a great leader. You ask anybody about Matthew Stafford, nobody in the history of ever that we've ever heard has had anything bad to say about Matthew Stafford, at least anybody that's known him. There's a lot of people that say, oh, you know, Matthew Stafford's not as good as Joe Burrow because he couldn't pull the Lions out of misery. Yeah, nobody's been able to pull the Lions out of misery. They have one playoff win in the last 70 years, right? Now, I'm not going to say that the Bengals are a great organization, but they've been to the playoffs five times in the previous 10 years with Andy Dalton. Five, five times. They've got good defenses. They've been drafting well. The Lions have been to the playoffs three times since Barry Sanders retired. All of them were years quarterback by Matthew Stafford, and all of them required heroics by him. In one season with Los Angeles Rams, he put up the second most yards, the second most touchdowns, uh, top five completion percentage, top three yards per attempt. He had a top two quarterback rating and a top two QBR He's the only player in the top two in both. Matthew Stafford threw 17 interceptions this year. It's the first time he's led the league uh, in any statistical category like that, interceptions. And what did it result in? It resulted in four consecutive playoff victories against the division rival, Arizona Cardinals, on the road against the defending champions and the GOAT, 
Tom Brady back home against a team that had beaten the Rams six consecutive times in what was a de facto road game. But Matthew Stafford pushed through it all in the Super Bowl. Not only was he down his starting tight end, Tyler Higbee, not only did Odell Beckham get hurt at halftime, who was trending to be the Super Bowl MVP, but again, they were still down their receiver, Robert Woods, from earlier in the season. And it's hard to just sub in, not know the playbook. So guys are stepping up. Guys are dropping passes. Matthew Stafford is dropping dimes that are getting bounced up for interceptions, right? The Rams offense and their running game specifically averaged 1.2 yards per carry, which is the worst performance in Super Bowl history. And what did he do when all, all the money was on the line? All the Rams chips had been pushed into the middle and there was no more cards left to play except the ace in the hole that is Matthew Stafford on that team. He drove for 75 yards. I believe it was a, it was a nine play drive for 75 yards that resulted in a touchdown to take the lead. Matthew Stafford does what he's always done and what he always will do. He led a fourth quarter comeback. He's the best fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. As far as quarterback rating, touchdown to interception ratio, completion percentage, zero interceptions in the fourth quarter this year. It's phenomenal. So for those reasons, I've got Matthew Stafford as the best quarterback in the National Football League. I'd like to thank you guys for listening to our definitive quarterback rankings of this last NFL season. I'd like to thank you for listening, whether you are on YouTube or on Spotify. Make sure to follow us for all of our future content at The Extra Point.